in the fourth chapter of Philippians. This is a short book, but it's packed full of stuff, isn't it? Chapter 4. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Euodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. <clears throat> I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but because but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you in an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. 
the brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you chiefly, they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There is the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. Verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. We could spend a little time talking about those. They're dearly beloved because they were foreloved of God. And long for, he's in jail. He'd like to see them. He likes their fellowship. And my joy, because I see you walking in the truth, that's my joy. Same thing with John and Second John. No greater joy do I have than hear that my, that my children, my spiritual children, are walking in the truth. He said, and also my crown. God's going to reward me for the work that I've done. And so, he says, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now that, that terminology is used, I don't know, nine or ten times. Uh, about eight times here in the last of the New Testament. Stand fast in the Lord. Why would he tell them that? Because evidently there is so much going on that would cause people to faint, to quit because it's getting dangerous. Look where Paul is. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. We're in shape. Not this bad. But we're getting there. When the Word of God is, you know what the word pariah is? Something that becomes a, a pariah. Evil, bad, not wanted, rejected. And that's where the Word of God, it used to be, people had respect for the Word of God. They don't anymore. Overall, they don't. And these so-called churches, they're into religious entertainment and making big bucks for, for religious people, for the Holy Joes. And that's what they do. They make the big bucks. Paul didn't make the big bucks. But they're not the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that know the truth and are already walking in the truth, but talk about the fiery darts of Satan are going to be coming at you. If they're not already, they're going to be from family, from friends. I'm not going to get in, get in this and worry everybody to death with it. But you know what we're coming up to. Of course, Thanksgiving next week, that's great. But you know what's coming up in December and it's already booming out there. Christmas. 
Christ mass. And there are even some trying to justify it. It's, it's okay, it's scriptural. Where is it scriptural? How about just the name of it? I want one of these holy joes that's trying to prove that it's okay, it's all right. Where'd the name come from? Amen. And you tell me it's all right for a, a Baptist to celebrate a Catholic mass, and that's what it is. Plus all this other stuff. We saw where we voted last Tuesday. You wouldn't find Macy's Department Store in Manhattan, New York, the biggest, wherever the biggest one is. You wouldn't find that much Christmas decoration in that store as this church had in their vestibule. Star saw it, Beverly saw it, took a picture of it. I'm talking about Christmas trees with Mickey Mouse on it. I'm talking about Santa Claus. I'm talking about all this stuff in the vestibule going in to that so-called church building. No wonder they get people in there by the droves. See, I, I know what it is. I know the truth. What kind of a guy would I be if I'd go against what God tell, what God shows me? Amen. Well, what about those people? Why don't they see it? I don't know. Name your, name your reason. Could it be the fun onions? They know if they see the truth. And say it that they see it, they won't get the fun onions in. That's there's my anyhow. But he says, stand fast. Stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And I beseech you, Odious, and send Tiki. I don't know what their problem was. Pretty sure those are two women. We don't know anything else about them but what Paul, but evidently they were they were getting in some kind of disagreement, hot and heavy, and Paul knew about it. <laughs> so he says, I beseech them that they be of the same mind in the Lord. They're fighting each other over something, arguing over, getting the same mind in the Lord. That's the only way that we can serve the Lord as a church, as a family. We've got to be in the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat. See, there he said, beseech, and I entreat. Same kind of words. Not exactly big, but close to it. I treat thee also, true yoke fella. Now, I don't know who he's talking to. A yoke fella. Everybody knows what an ox, I used to have an ox yoke over there. Uh, don't have it now. Everybody know what an ox yoke, you kids know what an ox yoke is? It's a great big piece of wood. It's carved out and then it's got a willow bent to go around the, the neck of an oxen. You get one on this side and one on that side, but it's just one big piece of wood, and then you got a big ring on it that you attach 
your traces to and to hook the wagon up to or the plow or whatever and then they pull together but they can't run off. They're yoked up together. And that's what a yoke is. Well, uh, a yoke fellow would be somebody that, that is yoked up with you, working with you. Amen. And so he says, uh, whoever this is, my yoke fellow, uh, help those women which labored with me. Now, I don't necessarily believe he's talking about Euodius and Sintiki. I think he's probably talking about other women. He's not... He's not praising them for their help. He's just getting kind of getting on them to get to get it settled. But these other women, which labored with me, Paul was helped by a lot of women. A lot of people say, of some independent Baptist, some Southern Baptist, and a lot of Protestants say, oh, "Our old Paul, he just hated women." That's what they say. Uh, well, are you telling me that what Paul wrote is no good? That's what they're saying. But he said, those women which labored with me in the gospel, help them. With Clement also. Well, now that was a popular name, Clement. Now, early on in church history, you encounter a Clement of Alexandria and a Clement of Rome, I think. And then after that, there's a whole list of popes that named themselves Clement. One, two, three, four, five, six, I don't know how many of them, probably 15 of them. So Clement was a popular name. Is this the one that we know about, Clement uh, of Alexandria or Clement of Rome? I don't know. Neither is anybody else. Probably not. It's just it was a popular name. And with other, my fellow laborers, workers. Erg, that's the word erg. You know what an erg is? How many knows what an erg is? You got a couple here that know it. That is a measure of work, how, how much work you do or a machine does. Ergs, is, it's a measure of energy. So that's the Greek word there, labor. That's where that word comes from, erg. And so Paul says something about here that man whose names are in the book of life. I think he was pretty sure they were saved. Probably more than pretty sure. He was sure they were. <clears throat> Rejoice in the Lord. Always. That's always. Even when you don't feel like it. Are there ever any times that you don't feel like it? But the, he says always. Go against your feelings and rejoice in the Lord. And if you didn't get it then, again I say rejoice. How many times? Quite a few times where he says rejoice. Now let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation. Self-control? Don't. 
Go around acting like an idiot. Let your moderation be known to all men. Now that doesn't mean all without limitation. He didn't expect that they, that they were going to be influencing everybody in the world. You see my point? All men. All seldom ever means all. Every now and then it'll mean all, but very seldom. It means all with limitations. So all the people that you come in contact with, let your moderation be known to them. If you're, if you're acting like an idiot, people are not going to come to you to ask you about the word of God, about the Lord. But if you're, you're letting your moderation be known to all men, they probably come to you. They might, they might do it like they did Jesus come at night. But, or come you know, behind the building or out in the car or something. They don't want to necessarily do it in public. But they need what you've got. Well, that's what we ought to be living. To come to the Lord. Now they, the Lord's got to bring them. But where do you think they're getting that curiosity stirred up from? And that's what we're here for. So. The Lord is at hand. Now that Greek word. Angus. Near. Now is he talking about. The Lord's near us. Or is his second coming near? I'm not sure. It could be one or both of those. We could say the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. And we could say that his second coming is nearer than it's ever been. <clears throat> so, no sense getting upset about anything. See how that fits in there? Let your moderation be known unto all men. Because the Lord is near. David said he's at my right hand. Therefore I say I shall not be moved. Well, as we let our moderation be known to all men, we, I get upset about the politics. I still, I'm staying away from it a whole lot. It's got to bother you that here we are. This is, it was a week yesterday that we cast our votes. And as, as of this moment, we still don't know. I think we're, we're one shy in the Congress, but we've got 217. We need 218. How come we don't already have the results? Well, as Joseph Stalin said, he, words to this effect, I don't care who you vote for. I just want to count the votes. Guess what? That's what's been going on the last two elections. They're counting the votes. And boy, they're dragging it out, aren't they? Anyway, I get upset about that. But we still need to be moderate. Be careful for nothing. That would be anxious for nothing. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't cope with it. I can't, I don't know what I'm, what, what am I going to do? I don't know. I, I, what am I going to do? 
That's hard, hardly being careful for nothing. Anxious is the word. Be anxious for nothing. Well, somebody said, well, didn't uh, Poland get a missile fired on them? Now, of course, it's not Russia. It's, it's a Russian-made missile. But, of course, Russia didn't shoot it. It was the Ukraine that shot it. That's what the White House is saying. And the White House lies a lot, but anyway, that's what they're saying. Anyway, uh, well, the Euphrates River's drying up. China's trying to become number one world power. And they've got this many boats and this many planes and ships and, and all of that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do, brother? What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? Do you know that they say now that in the cloud that surrounds Venus, they have found what could be elements of life. But now, do you know what that cloud around Venus is primarily, primarily consists of? Anybody? Sulfuric acid. Now, sulfuric acid is the acid that's in the batteries in your car. Now, that acid is diluted greatly. But you know, it'll wipe you out. Been a lot of people blinded by that sulfuric acid. And in full strength, I don't know that there's much more corrosive liquid than sulfuric acid. Now we used to use uh, muriatic acid, cleaning brick. It's bad. But it's not nearly as bad as sulfuric acid. Now there couldn't be any life on Mars. The surface temperature is 800 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> That's not very conducive to life. But what kind of life could be alive in a cloud of sulfuric acid? You don't have to be a mental heavyweight to figure that stuff out. Uh, you know that, I can't remember the name of the outfit. These climate change people have already gone up on Mount Sinai and they took a facsimile of the Ten Commandments and went up there and broke them. They're going to rewrite the law. If it gets any stupider 
I, I don't know how we can even stand that. It, it turns my stomach. But I'm not going to go around wringing my hands. The Lord is near. <laughs> the Lord is near. We won't be anxious about that. Say, well, what if they fire an atomic bomb or a nuclear bomb? Well, I don't know what the strength of them is now. When I was aboard ship in the Navy, we carried nuclear warheads. Aboard ship, you couldn't get very close to them. When they moved them, great big things, they had, the Marines had guns and they guarded them. You couldn't get, I didn't want to get close to them. But anyway, I saw a few of them. But we were instructed and we had drills over it. If a nuclear bomb went off and we were anywhere in the blast area, which would be several miles radius, I don't know, it used to be I don't know, five, four or five miles or something. I expect it's probably more than that now, but I don't remember what it was. If you were in that blast area, you didn't have to worry about it. It's over with. But now if you were outside of that blast area, in the fallout zone, that is, as that mushroom cloud goes up, what goes up must come down. And all of that radiation fallout comes back down. Now if it falls out on the ship, do you know what we did about it? We had to enact the uh, water washdown system. We had showers all over the ship, outside the ship, all over it. And we turned, and salt water would wash the ship down and wash all of that fallout over the side. So if, if, if you survive, survive the, the main blast of it, good chances you're going to make it. And then you get the radiation off of you, and it's not going to kill you. But there's people that didn't know to do that and all that. They get, get, anyway, but so what is somebody, what are we going to do if Russia or China or that funny-looking fellow in North Korea, if they actually... Shoot a bomb over here. What am I going to do? Nothing. I mean, what can I do? There's my. If you get if that bomb hits you, the shelter going to protect you. There might be a cave someplace you can get in, but I don't have one to get into. Is so it what happened? Well, you'll get killed. And what's the problem now? The Lord is near. I mean, to be absent from the body is to do what? To be present with the Lord. I mean, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go. But I'll tell you what. A bomb blast going right in my hip pocket. <laughs> I don't think I'd know much about it. <laughs> do you? But now, my body would be gone. But where would I be? Well, you ain't hurt my soul, my spirit. I'm going to be with the Lord. So, what are we worried about? Quit wringing hands. 
but in everything, <laughs> there's a mouthful. <laughs> in everything. You think that everything means everything? I think it does. Everything that can befall you, whether it be good or it be bad. Look at Job. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in everything, give thanks. Hmm. By prayer and supplication. Prayer is normal praying. Supplication is going beyond that and really praying. And then giving thanks. Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Pretty simple instruction. You mean even if everything's falling apart outside and stock market's crashing and everything else is going down and gas is going up and food's going up? In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and then let your requests be made known unto God. And let's be careful about those requests. Book of James tells us, you have not because you ask not. But then when you ask, you, you want to consume it upon your own lust. You read the prayers of, of, the, of, of Paul, the Psalms and all of that. You don't find many of the prayers that we pray. Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. You don't see that. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, obeying these things that Paul has given us, that's the precursor of the peace of God that passes all understanding. Fulfill these things and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Not just, don't just tell somebody that the peace of God will pass, that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. No, they got, you gotta, you gotta obey what he says here. You got, you got to be standing in the Lord. You got, you got to be helping the Lord and the Lord's people. And you got to be showing your moderation. You can't be anxious for anything and being thankful for everything. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, We're God's people. We deal in truth. Amen. Amen. He's a God of truth. And that's what we need to be talking about.
and thinking about whatsoever things are honest. We don't even joke about cheating somebody out of something. Deceiving somebody. Whatsoever things are just. Right. I think the word there is dikaios. Whatsoever things are pure. And boy, 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 let me tell you what. With all of these Electronic things, television, there ain't much pure around. And that may be some of our problem. We need whatsoever things are pure. That's what we fill our hearts and minds with. God help us. And whatsoever things are lovely. Well, I can tell you one thing that's lovely. I can tell you, Jesus Christ, he's altogether lovely. Whatsoever whatsoever things are of good report. Now, if there be any virtue. Of course there's virtue. That is a rhetorical question. And the answer is right there. Of course there is virtue, strength, character. And if there be any praise for God, think on these things. There's a list. We got that list in Galatians about all the things that are the fruit of the Spirit. And then these are some things of themselves we need to think about. He says those things which you have both learned... And received, well, received in the teaching. And heard and seen in me, do. Paul wasn't afraid to present himself as an example. Well, did you hear about the former UK ball player that came out, he's playing professional ball in Australia. Couldn't make it here in pro ranks, so he went to Australia playing professional basketball. But everybody's making a hero out of him now because he is the first professional basketball player to ever come out and say that he's a homosexual. He said, I have to be true. And besides that, we're examples, and I have to set an example. I don't think a homosexual is any kind of an example at all except of a reprobate and abomination unto God. And if somebody doesn't like that, it's too late. I've already said it. Whatever you've learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Notice how much response we're responsible for here. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Well, it had faltered. He said, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. 
giving them an out there. How come you all quit on him? They had supported him, but they quit on him. But he said, I'm thankful and rejoicing now that your, your care of me has flourished again. It's grown back. The grass is greener again. But now he says, not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, I'm not saying this because I'm after what you've got. Not at all. Years ago, we had a big blowout here. I'd been here about not quite five years. And I knew it was coming. And the treasurer at that time came to me afterwards. And he said, preacher, if you'd handle it right, you could probably got to raise that. I said, I, you keep your stinking money. I don't want your money. I'm going to stand on what's right. Anyway. Paul didn't quite say it in that, that vein, but he still said it. Not that I speak in respect of want. He says, and he's not being cocky here. For I've learned in whatsoever state, condition, I am in. Therewith to be content. And he tells us in verse 12, I know both how to be abased. That means brought low. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Now I'll tell you what, it's going to get much more that way. But it's kind of that way right now to anybody, any man trying to pastor a New Testament church and stand for the whole council of God. Really? Absolutely. But Paul said, either way, it's not going to change me. If I'm abased, I'm brought low, he's low right there. He's in prison. How about when he writes and says, Bring me a coat. I don't have a coat. He didn't have a three-piece suit and a cashmere overcoat. New brogans. He's a servant of God. And he was abased. He said, I know how to abound. If I've got plenty, so then I'll have plenty to do for others too. But I know how to do both of them. Now, verse 13. You seldom ever get this context with this verse. Verse 13 is always quoted generally apart from its context. Now, what have we been talking about? Paul is talking about being brought low, abounding, whatever state he's in, to be content. How can you accomplish all of that, Paul? How can you be full and hungry, brought low, made it to abound? Oh, here it is. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. <laughs> oh, that's how he can be content, being abased. 
through Christ which strengthened him. That's how he can be exalted and stay the same, not go to his head through Christ which strengthens him. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Here at the last, you have done well. Now that word communicate, it is a form of the word koinonia. I don't know if you ever noticed or not on the UK campus, can you still go out Rose Street all the way out there? Well, as you would go out to Rose Rose Street, past Euclid, the Avenue of Champions, and go up the second block up, I think, there was a big, nice brick building, and it had a sign out there, Koinonia Fellowship. It was from the Episcopalians or something, one of the campus organizations for students. But that's where they got that word, Koinonia. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, talked about the church at Jerusalem, how that they uh, fellowshiped from house to house. Well, that word koinonia is for fellowship, but that's where you get the word coin. Our English word coin came from that. That's money. Well, what's that have to do with fellowship? Well, in the New Testament sense, when there was fellowship with God's people and the Lord, it was a money meeting as well. They gave tithes and offerings. Well, when they went to the temple or the tabernacle, how did they go? With a sacrifice. With a burnt offering or a sacrifice. Well, all right. Now, you Philippians, verse 15, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, that's when it first came to them, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you all only. Well, now that would put you back in about Acts 16. Okay? That's when the beginning of the gospel with the Philippians was. For even in Thessalonica, when he was in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Now that was back then. And that's what he said in verse 10. He said, I rejoice now at the last your care of me has flourished. Now verse 17, he says again, not because I desire a gift. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I want you to receive the blessings of God by being obedient to God's word and giving as God says. And that will be fruit that will add to your account, abound to your account. But I have all and abound, that is, now he's got what he needs. I am full. But he's not talking about full of food. He's full spiritually. Having received of Epaphroditus. 
the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Well, the sweet savor offerings, you had in the offerings of the Old Testament, you had the burnt offerings, you had the sin and trespass offerings, and, and then you had those that were a sweet savor offering. And those were not participated in by the priest or the sacrificers. They became consumed. And when they were offered correctly, they became a smell of a sweet savor in the nostrils of God. But now the sin and trespass offerings, the priest and the ones that sacrificed, they got back part of it. That's how the priest lived and the, the offerers, they got some of that back. But now the burnt offerings, you didn't do it, the sweet savor offerings. So a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So Paul calls that a, a, a sweet savor offering. In verse 19, but now with reference to them, to us. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, he's not leaving us untended. My God shall, his God shall supply all our needs. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now salute every saint in Christ Jesus. He certainly ain't talking about Saint Saint Joe or any of those. He's talking about the saints of God, the people of God. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you chiefly. They that are of Caesar's household. Paul, what have you been doing, brother? You're in prison. And you don't you don't you don't witness the people in Caesar's household, and now they're saints of God. <laughs> and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, Amen. Praise the Lord for the.